are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information. Separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me.
Welcome in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm so thankful you're here with me. Don't mind me. I'm just changing some screens around. Well, we're going to be doing Peter. And whenever we start a new book, you hear me say the same thing. Because it's been weeks I've been wrestling with God of what to do next. I'm firmly committed to, for the most part, be completing the New Testament and then jumping into the Old. And, you know, I guess my flesh wanted to do Titus <laughs> because my flesh was telling me that ah, not as many people join in the summer and, you know, it's a very short book. It's easy to do. <laughs> and, of course, I've always really desired to go back and start doing the Gospels. And I feel the Lord blocking me from doing it, which sounds odd. But I feel in my spirit that uh, it's just going to be the exact right time for us in this Right On Radio community that we do one of the Gospels, or well, eventually all of them. But I really felt led to do Peter. And now that I'm studying the book, of course, we, you know, we've, most of us have read it. I hope you have. But I realize why the Lord has sent this to us. And when you look at the order in which the Lord has been leading us in our studies, you know, we were talking about false prophets and, you know, the false doctrines coming into the churches and the warnings, and that seemed to be really timely. And now, this book of Peter is really how to survive persecution and how to get over hard times. And, you know, I, well, I can assure you <laughs> that this is the Lord's perfect timing. He is God. I am not. And I'm thankful for that. Anyways, just want to say hi. Hey, Katie. Hey, Misty River. Teresa. Natasha is here, as always. Michelle. And uh, hopefully, Jamie, you're here as well, someone I was briefly conversing with on another channel this morning. Praise the Lord. New listener. And uh, really thankful for you as well and all of you who have joined us. The thumbnail, for some reason, didn't, uh, didn't uh, turn up on Rumble, however, 
Uh, hopefully I can correct that after the broadcast is done. But many of you might be wondering why I have Peter and a motorcycle going up into heaven. <laughs> well, you know what? Peter was a fisherman. He was a simple man. He had street smarts. He certainly had some bravado. He's made a ton of mistakes, and yet um, we are so blessed by him and how the Lord has used him. And I really got a picture of a biker. And when I say a biker, <laughs> only some of you will get this, but let me define that. There's a lot of people who ride motorcycles, and then there's bikers. And bikers are a bit more of the hardcore guys and typically very street smart, typically have a lot of bravado, <laughs> typically have made a lot of mistakes in life. They're quick to come to decisions and they try to follow what they feel is the righteous path. And, you know, a biker, and I think of myself even as I, uh, when I do these long-distance motorcycle rides, you really have to endure. Uh, people who travel by car don't understand the endurance, the strength, um, the willpower to push through that you need on a motorcycle, um, how you encounter every element of Mother Nature uh, rain, hailstorms, high wind, blistering hot, freezing cold, and you can get all of those in a day. And sometimes it can be downright miserable. In fact, I remember this one day in particular, I was riding and it was pouring rain from the time we left the motel and we rode through eight to 10 hours of rain and we got hail that was literally marble size. And it was in the wide open. I don't wear a full face helmet. I only have like a little half helmet. So I'm getting hit in the face at 60 miles an hour uh, with these <laughs> marble size hail. I could tell you that I've never been hit by anyone as hard as every one of those felt. And I could only pull over to the side of the road, put my head down and take it. But after it finished, and it was, you know, 10 minutes or so, got riding again. And then I saw a little break in the sky. And all of a sudden, a little bit of warm sunshine comes upon you. And that moment made all of the suffering worth it. And as we do, Peter, and this is really going to be an introduction. I'm going to read the entire chapter, but we're probably only going to get through a few verses today. I want you to keep in mind that when you come into his light and to his eternal promises on your life, it's all been worth it. Not one of us will escape suffering, but we need to hold on to the promises of God. And 
many of us are suffering, you know, some people are suffering with health stuff. Some people are suffering financial. Um, there's all kinds of sufferings, relationship sufferings. But Peter, in his very plain speak, just gives you the correct direction. And this is going to be a real blessing, uh, this entire letter. And Peter is writing, well, he's going to name the places he's writing it to, but he's writing it to people who are being persecuted. And although we're not in the West experiencing heavy persecution, just go talk to your neighbor about Jesus and you'll be persecuted. (laughs) You know, it's, uh, it's just, one of those things the world hated him and should hate you (laughs) but we love them back by contrast so let me just pray heavenly father i give you thanks for peter i give you thanks for everyone in this community i give you thanks for the privilege of this mass communication that you've allowed us to have. And and I give you real thanks for our togetherness. This community is actually such a blessing from you, Lord, that we have each other, although we feel alone in the world, we have each other. And in the world, each other, each of us, probably would not even say hi to the other one. But Lord, because of your spirit residing in us and because us, because we know the importance of your word and your promises to us, Lord, we are united with the common bond of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and the love and adoration of our Father. Lord, you are correctly identified as the word of God, and this is your word. Lord, humans cannot understand your word without the ministering of the Holy Spirit, which was one of your fulfilled promises to us. So, Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit speak through me. I give you full permission, Lord. I pray the Holy Spirit to minister to each one individually with that personalized message because you are a personalized God in relationship with each one here who is of the elect. And Lord, if there is any here that are not of the elect, I pray you send your ministering angels and you surround them and you have them born again even this day. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this word that it will encourage us to stay on the narrow path into our eternity with you. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise your name. Amen. All right. Let me read the word and we're going to break it down and just give a, uh, well, as I say, this is more of an intro. 
and I'm going to pray for you at the end as well. And I'm going to make a personal prayer request, <laughs> very personal, public, because there is no shame in admitting our faults. So hang on to the end. Verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Just before I go to verse 3, uh, a quick reminder. Peter is writing to those people, but God wrote this letter to you. Keep that in mind as we study. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which perishes though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating, as he predicted, the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. In these things which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Therefore, prepare your minds for action, keep sober in spirit, set your hope completely 
on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves, also in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. If you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have purified your souls in obedience to the truth for sincere love of the brothers and sisters, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable, that is through the living and enduring word of God. <coughs> Excuse me. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory is like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Thank you, Lord, for the richness of this word. Thank you for the privilege of having this word easily obtainable to us as there's so many in this world that can't access as easy. You surely have shown us favor throughout all these years, Lord. So let me just start off with, well, verse one, of course, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Remember, Peter was, uh, again, a street smart guy. He was a fisherman, probably not the highest of educations, certainly. He wasn't a Matthew or a Luke. Uh, in many ways, and that isn't an insult by any means. But when the Lord wanted to go onto boats and stuff, that's when he met Peter. Peter heard him and basically said, okay, I'm getting ditching everything. This is true. I'm going this way. He made the decision just like that. And he was bold 
And here's a simple fisherman who became one of the apostles of Jesus Christ. His letters are included in the Bible. So here's a nobody who is elevated in all of eternity. And the question is, we've tackled this in other books, but are there apostles today? Not the way of old, but yes, there are apostles. And we read in Ephesians, the fivefold ministry, not trying to repeat that entire diatribe, but there are apostles today. However, there are false apostles. An apostle today is one sent out. One who maybe plants church, maybe perhaps missionary work, performs a little bit of a, almost a governmental office because if they're sent out and they plant churches and they have to steward those things. And that would be the role of an apostle today. Of course, we look at the NAR movement, and we have all these people who call themselves apostles and prophets, and the apostles keep saying new. You see, there is no new revelation. The book is finished. It's complete. And if someone gives you something new, you can't compare it to the scriptures, which is what we are called to do is to test everything by the scriptures. So when someone says that and they get a new direction, a new thing, you know right away that they're false. Now, that's not a blanket statement. I guess it sounded like it. There could be new revelation, like if I was to say, and I'm not calling myself any title, but if I was to say, okay, we're not going to listen to any of these people anymore. We're just going to be the Bereans and stick to the word of God. And perhaps that's a new direction for right on radio community. That's not a new direction. That's what we're called to do. That's God's instruction to us. But if uh, if I was to say, okay, we're going to be new and uh, only listen to the new age prophets, um, that would be false. So just understand there is a bit of a difference. To those who reside as strangers. So these are people who have been evicted. They've had to move because of persecutions, because of different things. Some of them had properties seized, but they've been scattered. Um, a modern day refugee, you might say. Any names, you know, throughout the Asia and all these different things. But he says, who are chosen and another word, if you look in the King James, will say elect. 
according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. So again, scriptures confirm other scriptures. You, if you are born again, you were elected, you were chosen by God. It was no mistake. God uses the lowly people. He can use anyone, but he uses people like us to confound the world. How could that person, you know, and I use myself as an example. Someone sees me, how could God use that guy? And perhaps the same is with you. You know, there's probably someone who's listening to this broadcast who has, you know, a, a cancer of some kind or bad debilita debilitating disease in their life, a heart condition. And the world would look at you and say, how could God use you? And why would he let you go through that? It's to confound the world because his ways are the exact opposite, exact opposite of this world. And you might think to yourself, well, why would he allow me to go through this if you're suffering? Well, he's going to explain it in this chapter. Did you catch it already? So you were chosen before the foundations of the earth by God the Father and by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. Did you catch that? He just named the entire trinity. I just saw that now. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the work of the Spirit, and Jesus Christ. And to be sprinkled with his blood. Oh, you know, Thursday or Friday, just a couple days ago, I had a dream, and I'm not saying this was, you know, anything more than what, I, what I'm going to present to you, but in this dream, I was in a church kind of almost in the back row, and, you know, the church probably sat five, six hundred people, and I felt like the, the preacher was a heretical preacher somehow, but I was there, and I... I got the impression of the dreams. I don't even remember what he said, but essentially it seemed like he was condoning sin. Hey, we're all sinners and we are, and you're going to sin today. You're going to sin tomorrow, but we're not condoning it just because we know we're clean. And in my dream, I stood up. And I yelled out at the preacher and I said, I am without sin. And he was shocked by this statement and he thought he could mock me for saying it. 
And uh, don't tune out. <laughs> don't tune out. So he brought me to the front. And this is all I remember. Is I said, I am without sin because I just asked for forgiveness of my sin moments before. So for a very brief moment in time, I was without sin. And I'm just reminded, and I didn't plan on even saying that, but to be sprinkled with his blood, it's an ongoing thing. You can be new every single day. Every time you repent of your sins, you are made new. Jesus will remember them no more and the Father will never see them. Praise God. <clears throat> May grace and peace be multiplied to you. How often do we tell each other things like that and sincerely mean it? Peter meant it, and this was obviously written by the Holy Spirit through Peter. The Holy Spirit puts his words, but he uses how the person he's using speaks. Like you'll notice, like Paul, such an eloquent speaker. And Peter, it turns out, by the Holy Spirit, is very eloquent as well. Not in the same way that Paul is. But we have these letters and the different personalities because we will relate to them with our personalities. But what a wonderful thing to say. I want to say it to you right now. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. I'm just going to do a couple more verses. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I could go down a, a deep study right there. How could God be the Father? Aren't they the same? Isn't Jesus God? Wasn't he there in the beginning? God give, leads us by his example. Best I can tell you, Jesus Christ did the will of the Father. Are they one? Yeah. But Jesus Christ was obedient to his Father. And who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again, transferred out of the world system, and into the kingdom. Your eternity started the minute you chose Christ. And remember, God had foreknowledge. Your name was written in the book. Yes, you. But he knew you would choose him on the day you chose him. And it was through his great mercy he has caused, 
Isn't that an interesting word? He caused it. You know, I don't know what brought you down to your knees to hand over your life to Jesus Christ. But God caused it. He led you through all those things. And it's usually at our weakest moments that we choose God. When we're weakest in the world. Okay, God, I got nothing left. <laughs> you win. <laughs> It was kind of my words. God, you win. I give it up. I battled against you all these years. Finally, I give myself to you because you are God and I am not. And I'm sure your situation was similar. Most of us is. And then he goes on to say, so for us to be born again, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Brothers and sisters, if the sting of death is gone from you, what can we worry about? And it's a living hope. Why? Because Jesus did not die on the cross. He is alive today. And what is the hope? The hope is in him that everything in this world does not matter. Really, nothing in this world matters. Yes, our loved ones are important and stuff like that, but nothing matters compared to the decision to go in the way in faith. Nothing else matters. Nothing else can compare. This is just a blip that we are living in. To obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. What does that mean? First of all, it means that every promise of God he will fulfill. Heaven will be, he will over deliver on his promises because our minds cannot conceive what he has in store for us. So no matter what you're going through right now, it won't matter. And please understand when he says it's reserved in heaven for you. Yes, he is indicating when you transfer out of this flesh unit to our new bodies. Yes, he is referring to that. But you now 
have access to heaven. You did not before. And your inheritance is reserved there for you. And I don't want to sound like a prosperity guy, but I've studied stewardship for decades now. And throughout my studies, I have concluded that we do have a heavenly bank account, for lack of a better term. And you can store up things in heaven. And I think even monetarily, someone who can be trusted with money, who is a cheerful giver, when you come upon, when those people, and look at anyone around you that has been a cheerful giver, if they ever come under hard times, somehow God provides for them. It's like a withdrawal from that heavenly bank account because they've been trusted with much, so God rewards them. I'm not talking about becoming rich or anything like that. I'm just saying you can deposit and withdraw from that inheritance. It's just how God leads your heart. If you care for others, when you are in need, people will care for you. It's just the way God's laws work. It's no matter what Satan does in this world, he has to, the whole world, even though he has control of it, it still obeys God's laws. If you put out bad stuff, bad stuff's going to come back to you eventually. And, you know, someone might be thinking, well, what about these elites who are doing all this evil in the world and stuff, and they seem to go unpunished? They're going to stand before the throne of God, folks. <laughs> That's eternity. You're not going to be judged to either go up or down. The decision's already been made in your life. You will have an account of what you did and how much we have followed the Lord's teachings and obedience to him in the spirit. Let me just read this uh, verse four in to lead into verse five. To obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and you will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who, so you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Did you hear that? You are protected by the power of God. So, you know, there's so much talk about warfare, and there is spiritual warfare. I'm not downplaying that. Demons will try to torment you, but they can't possess you. 
People will try to torment you. And they might be successful, but nothing can take away what God has given you. Nothing. In fact, <coughs> excuse me, because you are protected by the power of God, you cannot even screw it up. Oh, but man, the sin I did yesterday was so bad. It was so bad. God can never forgive me. You're already forgiven. Repent and don't do it again. You see the simplicity? God did not make this complicated for us. You are protected by the power of God. You know what that includes? Angels. Oh, God can... God can move mountains. He can do anything he wants. He can protect you. In this, you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed. Listen to this. In this, you rejoice, even though now for a little while, Hear that, little while. If necessary, because sometimes God has to bring things about in your life. You have been distressed by various trials. Let me stop there before I go to verse 7. So going back to that great person. Everyone knows a great person who doesn't deserve to get a debilitating disease, who doesn't deserve to, you know, have to have an amputation, who doesn't deserve to have a massive heart attack, a stroke, to have dementia come upon them. They don't deserve it in the world. No, that person was so good. Or even maybe it's you, and you're thinking, well, why would God let this happen to me? Listen to this. The answer is in verse 7. Again, verse 7, perfection. So that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which perishes though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor, and revelation of Jesus Christ. So you may be going through that trial for a short time so that the proof of your faith of being more precious than gold or silver may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Maybe you were chosen and you're never given a... You're never given anything by God that you cannot endure and you cannot overcome in him. So maybe you have that sickness or something like that 
for the testimony and it might and it's probably not because you were bad but perhaps god loves those around you so much that he's letting you suffer this way for his glory have you considered that your suffering is for his glory he suffered for us and it's just a short time. These are the words of God, not Jeff's words. For a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. So the proof of your faith, more precious than gold, which perishes, though tested by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the words of God. And then it just goes on with some faith, and I'll just finish up uh, the next two verses. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you have not seen him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Faith is the belief in things yet unseen. I am very fortunate that I saw God in a similar way to what the Apostle Paul did. And I've had encounters with him and it's rare, I know. And it's not because I'm special, folks. I want you to clearly understand that. It's not because I'm special. I have a special calling on my life or anything like that. No, my calling is the exact same as your calling. He just uses us in different capacities. We all have the same calling. I had that because I was far worse than you. I'm not trying to compare sin or anything like that. I was far worse. I was actively beginning to engage in fighting against God's kingdom. God intervened. And he did what was necessary for me because he loves me so much. If you haven't had that experience, consider how much more blessed you are that it wasn't necessary, that he loved you enough, that he protected you from all those things that I willfully chose to go into and to pursue. You see, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, we all have the same calling. We all have the same faith. Some of our faith is more strengthened and more mature than others. And then some, when they're just born again, are with zeal for the Lord, 
that is unmatched. We all have different upbringings. We all have different circumstances. Many of you are from many different places around the world and a completely different way of life. But we are all called to the same purpose, the same faith. And it's not about us. If there's a conclusion to just these first nine verses, it's not about you. Take your eyes off of yourself. Take your eyes off of your circumstances and make it about him. If you are in need, praise him, thank him for that need. Thank him that he's allowed you to be there. And that witness will go out and will be doing God's will. If you're a person right now who is not in need and you're in that season of life, I get it, you've gone through hardships as well. But if you're a person who is not in need, if you see a need, go to the need. And again, be blessed by doing the works that God has sent you to do. Because faith without works is useless. I'm going to end there. Uh, I want to pray for you. And I want to pray for me. <laughs> One of the things that's been on my heart for the last few days, and many of you know that it will be my anniversary this week. Um, and I'm going away. I'll be back next Sunday. And we're not doing anything fancy. We're going camping. <laughs> Which my wife is coming around to, let's just say. Uh, she's not as passionate about living like a homeless person as I am. <laughs> But one of the things that I've really been under conviction, quite honestly, is uh, I haven't been a great husband as of late. I have not obeyed the commandments of the Lord to love my wife as he has loved me. I'm not making excuses. I'm not trying to justify. But I'm a driven person and I'm driven in my work. I'm driven with my individual passions and selfishness comes big into play in my life. You know, I could be doing something on the honeydew list, but man, it's good weather. I got to go out on my bike. Selfish. And... My prayer for myself and my wife is that uh, these next five days that uh, the Lord will 
reignite the passion for each other and to serve each other as Christ served us. Because I'm called to, to love this woman. And, uh, you know, every show, I'm, I'm a hypocrite, you know. I say, love your neighbor as yourself. And lately, I haven't even loved my wife as I love myself. So, Heavenly Father, I just want to repent of not being a good example. Lord, in my personal life, and Lord, I want to keep my eyes on you, that I may emulate your presence, your spirit, your direction, and conform more to the image of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray this for every single person in this community as well, Lord, that those relationships that are under stress or under trial or not right, and it doesn't have to be between a man and a woman, it could be between brothers, it could be between friends, neighbors, Lord, I pray right now that your power, the power of God and the Holy Spirit will minister in all of those relationships right now. And Lord, that the Holy Spirit would even minister to the unbelievers that may be involved in those relationships. Lord, we ended in verses 8 and 9 about faith. And that although we have not seen you or we have not seen these things, we believe and rejoice. So I pray that everyone who is here and praying along with this prayer will absolutely believe in the protection and the power of God to fulfill these things, to be the living hope in our lives, in our relationships, and the things in which you have called us to do. And I pray for those who are going through those trials for that short time, as you say, Lord, that you give them just an unmatched ability to cope and to overcome and to glorify the Lord Jesus. I pray all these things firmly believing that this is the will of God and it will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for being here, everyone, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see you next time. In the meantime, remember to love your God, number one, 
love your family, love your neighbor as yourself. And in doing all these things, you really will make a difference in, here's a key word, your community. Amen.